0: Let's pray together. Father, we are, um, whether we know it or not, we are desperate for you. And I pray that you give us the wisdom and the strength to live out every day in you. Father, I just uh, pray you continue to help us to find the faith to get through the things that we face every day and continue to hold on to you with all of our strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, if there was uh, ever anyone who was kind of destined to grow up to become a strong Christian, it was definitely me. I I, um, was raised by uh, parents who were strong people of faith, very strong Christians. My uh, dad... um, was a a pastor and ever since I can remember I wanted to grow up and be a pastor just like him and so it was kind of in me Um, I preached my first sermon by the time I was 13 so I was headed down the right track I was door-to-door calling by the time I was 14 inviting people to the you know the latest church that my dad was starting by the time I was 16 I had my own church because there was this church that was dying, and there were only 30 people left, and they couldn't afford to pay a pastor, so they asked me to come on and do that, so I did that for a while. I'm pretty sure that I killed that church before I left, because it's no longer with us, so just be happy I've worked out all the kinks back then, but I, you know, I, I, I was, I was, went to Bible college, which really screwed me up, and Then I was ordained, it was in the ministry, and I I say all of that because literally if there was anyone who was like destined from the beginning to be a strong person of faith, to be a great man of God, it was me. And yet it so did not work out that way for me. Soon after entering the the full-time ministry, I uh, really became disillusioned with the church, and uh, within just a few years, I not only walked away from the church, but I walked away from my relationship with God for uh, several years. And I, I feel like, you know, I couldn't have been further from God during that time, and really, uh, was angry and turned my back on God in a, a very difficult time in my life. So the problem is this the problem is that all of my upbringing, my preparation for ministry, my education, my parents working painstakingly to ensure that they were raising me in the ways of God, being raised in the traditions of the church. It wasn't enough. When the rubber hit the road, it wasn't enough to sustain my faith because it wasn't a faith that I built. It wasn't a faith that I constructed within me with my own two hands, so to speak. I've learned a lot over the last 15 years from being part of Westridge. I've learned that going through hard times is absolutely never any fun. But it always brings about change. I've learned that spiritual growth isn't ever easy, but it's always worth the work. And I have learned that the only thing that can sustain our commitment to God is to live every single day like we're grateful. So we are uh, in the middle of this uh, series that I think the unedited name is 15 Lessons I've Learned Over 15 Years of Being Part of Westridge but that was too long to put in the program, but that's really what it is, and um, so, uh, you know, we, we celebrated our 15-year uh, anniversary as a church a couple weeks ago, and uh, it just put me into a time of kind of reflection, and I'm getting older, and, you know, more sentimental, and so this is my sentimental series, uh, So, I want to begin by uh, reading from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 16, which I think is a a critical verse uh, for us this morning, and um, one that the Apostle Paul wrote, and he says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. It seems that we've caught Paul in the middle of a conversation here because that verse begins with the word, therefore. And now what you always need to remember about the Bible is sometimes we have the tendency to pop a verse out of context and we read it and we interpret it however we want, but really we have to keep verses in the context of the rest of the scripture. so we have to read kind of what's before and what's after so we can really understand what the heck it's saying. So in the verses previous, Paul has just been talking about how no matter what happens to you in this life, no matter what you have gone through or what you have to endure, at the end of the day, if you've given your life to God, God's got your back. He'll take care of you. And then he comes into his thesis statement in verse 15. He says, and this is like the point of everything he says, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow in all of you. Thanksgiving or living a life of gratitude is absolutely foundational to the Christian life. But we'll get more into that a little later. But then he says, therefore, which brings us to lesson number eight. Live every day like the person God created you to become. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That phrase that he uses there means don't become empty. Don't let your heart become void of the Spirit of God. Don't lose your faith. You ever feel like you're just dry and empty and dead? And you've just kind of surrendered yourself into believing that this is it? There really isn't anything more. It's just the way life is and so I might as well accept it. And slowly you become somebody who is cynical or blasé or just hopeless about everything. And I think that in this passage, Paul's saying, hey, you don't have to settle. Life doesn't have to be that way. There's a whole nother perspective out there. If you could just open your eyes and see it. And he goes on and says, even if it feels like you're wasting away, There really is something more because inwardly we are being renewed day by day. It's almost like the idea that there is this kind of progressive renewal that is occurring inside of you that matches step for step with the process of your physical deterioration. That somehow, the more I'm falling apart physically, the more I get it together spiritually. For instance, this year was a big year for me because I slipped over the halfway point and I turned the big 45 this year. And, and as I'm reading that passage, and things happen this year, and, and as I'm reading that passage, I'm going, you know what, dude, that's true, like you really are wasting away. I look in the mirror and it's like, I'm I'm not the person that I was, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, even when I started the church, I'm kind of looking kind of old, a little saggy. I get out of bed, I'm a little achy. I I mean, look at this. I've always prided myself on 2020 vision this year, 45, right there, dude. Yeah, I'm in, yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't hear anything, and I think the saddest part is every single day, every day, I lose just a little bit more of my hair. (laughs) Fifteen years from now, I promise you, I'll be standing up here with a waxed skull in front of you, shining, beaming. My only hope is that there is something more going on on the inside that meets the eye because on the outside it's showing up ain't pretty. And I have to tell you that while I am wasting away, while I am falling apart like never before, I have never ever been in a better place in my life. I I have never experienced such a sense of peace. Such a contentment where I just feel a calmness about where I'm at. A wisdom that I've never had before, that sometimes I make decisions that even shock myself. I feel like I'm just now starting to hit my stride with God, like there is on the inside this thing going on, and I could almost call it my own little personal revival of the soul. Any of you ever grew up in a church that held revivals? Yeah, what is this? Nobody in first did either. That's like ridiculous, you people. There's no Baptist in the room? So let me just explain this to you. So what happens is, every year, you bring in a big-name preacher, and the preacher gets up, and for, like, every night for a week, he preaches these hell, fire, and brimstone messages that are designed to just one thing, to scare the hell out of you. And people are so scared by the end, people are coming forward in droves. And it doesn't matter whether you committed your life to Jesus before. I'm committing again and again every night. You're just jumping up, and you know, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. But what Paul is talking about in terms of the being, the renewal that he's talking about, is about a revival of our souls that is born out of an attitude of an, a gratitude for what God has done for us. Not out of fear. Putting the fear of God in somebody is not going to cause them to stay in a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. It may scare them enough to break some bad habits or to be a good person for a while until the fear wears off, but it's not enough to sustain your faith. Instead, he's talking about a a renewal that comes from the inside out. In the Greek text, when you take that word to renew, it has the idea to be changed or to make new from the inside out, not from some external factor like fear or guilt or tradition or ritual. It's from the inside out that something is occurring inside of you, that there is a change that is occurring inside of you that causes you to be different on the outside. And it's really alluding to this kind of big, long, biblical word called sanctification. Which is another way of saying that when we allow God into our lives, he comes in and changes us into this person he wants us to become. That somehow, the older that we get in our relationship with God, the more like Jesus we become. And we become this person who has a greater sense of peace somebody who isn't as affected by the small stuff, somebody who loves more and gives more and has a greater sense of joy, that we're becoming this person that we are closer to God than than we ever even imagined possible. And doggone it, people like you. People like hanging out with you because there is this maturity and this strength and this wisdom and this depth about you that people have never seen in you before. And people are attracted to that and want to hang out with you. So when you look in the mirror and you start seeing all these little lines that are occurring and you feel achy when you roll out of bed in the morning, just know that as we are outwardly deteriorating, we don't have to be discouraged because on the inside, there is some cool stuff going on in my life, and God is doing his thing in me. And we are being renewed day by day by day, and there's this little mini revival of our soul going on. But it is a little bittersweet, isn't it? To know that as we are deteriorating and growing older, that we're being renewed internally to prepare us for that day when we step out of this world and into the next. Well, he goes on in verses uh, 17 and 18, and he says, for For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Which brings me to lesson number nine. Live every day like God's got your back. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you face, no matter what hard times, you have to endure. Live every day like God's going to get you through it. Now, if anybody could talk about hard times, it was the Apostle Paul. He was beaten up, put in prison for his faith. He was left for dead. This guy had a hard, hard life. And he's saying that we have to gain a different perspective about the hard times in our lives. We get our eyes so focused down here on all the obstacles, all the problems, all the stuff that we face in our lives that we see life down here instead of being able to lift our eyes up and see beyond the problems, see beyond the hardships, and have this different perspective. You know, the Bible never blows any smoke about how difficult this life really can be. And anybody who says the Bible promises that, you know, life is going to be great and pain-free because you're a Christian isn't reading the same Bible that I'm reading. But it's also very truthful when it makes statements about our light and momentary troubles because it is just that, isn't it? Most of the time, most of the things that we face are temporary, even though while we're in it, it may feel like it's forever getting through it. But what happens is that through all the hard times that we go through in this life, that they're actually helping us to achieve this, what the Apostle Paul refers to as this eternal glory. In other words, this eternal perspective where we can see beyond the problems, see beyond the things that hold us back in this life, And have a bigger view, a bigger perspective of what life's all about. Because when we go through hard times, things happen. Enduring hard times create in us a maturity and a depth that does make us less shallow. Because we've been through these things. When we look back on hard times, many times we can see where God's hand was upon us. Getting through the times of pain in our lives cause us to become closer in our relationship with God because it forces us to strengthen our faith in those times. I can honestly say that over the last 15 years, I've done some pretty stupid stuff. I've done some things that I regret. I've gone through hard times that were no fault of my own. But I had to walk through some very painful times. And I can honestly tell you this. I wouldn't trade any of it for anything. I never want to go back into those things, and I never want to go back and have to walk through all of that. But I wouldn't trade it because what I have been through has made me who I am today. It's changed my perspective. It's created a different type of faith in me. It was in those broken times in my life, and you can just see it, you can map it, in those broken moments where God took me and created something different in me incrementally each time that I've gone through it because before that, I wasn't listening. It was in that broken time that he was able to get through and to make a difference in my life. And in those times, he makes us different. Better, stronger, grateful. Which brings us to lesson number 10. Live every day like we're grateful. Gratitude is foundational to the Christian faith. There's a great story in the New Testament that I think gives us a really powerful image of what it looks like to live with a sense of gratitude. And in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, starting with verse 11, it says, Now he was on his way to Jerusalem... And Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Well, they stood at a distance and yelled at him because they had leprosy. And if you had leprosy, you were somebody who had this disease that was just the worst disease you could possibly have. You were a social outcast. Your extremities were rotting and decaying. And at that time, they thought um, leprosy was highly contagious. And so you had to go and live in a leper colony with all the other lepers and, and be completely separated from the rest of society so nobody else caught what you had. You you traveled in groups with uh, other lepers and you had to keep your face covered at all times. And if you came down the street and you saw somebody walking near you, you had to yell out, unclean, so that that person, if they were coming near you, could go across the street and completely avoid any contact with you. It was a very sad, lonely, miserable existence that makes most of our problems look not so much like a big deal. So these 10 lepers who were walking down the street together, bound by nothing more than their disease, somehow all started yelling at Jesus for him to heal them. And so in verse 14, it says, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. So with one fell swoop, Jesus heals this entire group of 10 people all At the same time. And it says they immediately they were cleansed. I can't even imagine what it must have been like to look down at their nasty, decaying skin and see that literally clearing up. Or or to look down at their hands and to realize that they had been completely healed. It goes on in verse 15. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And by the way, he was a Samaritan. It's interesting to note that the Samaritan people and the Jewish people, which were the people of Jesus, didn't much like each other. We also have an understanding that they weren't very... Strong people of faith, either. And so we get the impression while most of the rest of that group were part of Jesus' people, it was this one Samaritan who comes back and thanks Jesus. Well, in verses 17 and 19, it ties off and it says, Jesus said, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Rise and go, for your faith has made you well. This is a powerful story because while there is this intimate moment, where you can tell this man is so overwhelmed with thanksgiving for what has just occurred to him that he doesn't even know what to do with himself, so he throws himself at the feet of Jesus just saying thank you. He's got nothing else to give other than this just humble act of gratitude. But the larger point of the story is this. He came back. Jesus said, didn't I just heal ten of you? Where are the other nine? Is it just this one man who has enough gratitude in his heart to come back to me? Well, it certainly seems that Jesus is moved by this man's kind of overwhelming thanksgiving for the change in his condition. It also seems that maybe he's just a little annoyed that there was only one out of 10 Who felt any kind of gratitude at all enough to come back and say thank you. Look, I I don't ever want to be one of the other nine. I don't ever want to be somebody who doesn't come back. Who isn't thankful and grateful. Who doesn't live my life with a sense of of gratitude. I want to always be that person that remembers to come back and fall at the feet of Jesus. Here's like the point in a nutshell. Over the last 15 years, much to my dismay, I have discovered that spiritual growth is not easy. There is no three sermon that's going to get you there. There's no magic formula that's going to whisk you up into the presence of God every day. And if you desire to follow Jesus, that's great. But I will tell you this. If you're doing it out of some sense of guilt because of your past, if you're doing it out of some sense of obligation because you feel it's just the right thing to do, if you're doing it out of some sense of family tradition because that's the way that you were raised, or if you're just plain old afraid of going to hell, that is not enough to sustain your faith in God. All of my parents' belief, all of the way that I was raised when the rubber hit the road was not enough to keep me close to God. Spiritual growth is dynamic and messy and a whole lot of work. And the only thing that will move us into a strong, committed, sustainable relationship with God is gratitude. Living our lives with thanksgiving. Because it's only when we realize just how dark was the darkness that we were in before we met Jesus. Just how lost we were before God came into our lives. When we can look back and we can see in the hard times, we can see God's hand on us and we can see the growth that we experienced in those moments. We may not have anything as visibly horrific as Leprosy, but we can certainly remember just how deeply God healed us from our past. And when we get that, we can then fully grasp just how incredible is the love of God, just how incredible is the grace of God. And all of a sudden, we remember. And we turn around, and we go back, we fall at the feet of Jesus and just say thank you. And now you want to live the rest of your life not out of a sense of guilt or obligation, but you want to do the things that God wants you to do because you're just so grateful for what He has done for you. never, ever forget to go back and fall at the feet of Jesus and to live every single day of the rest of our lives like we're grateful.